0: Welcome to the Covenant People's Ministry. It is written that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. We invite you to study the Scriptures with us to learn about the words of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our pastor is Mr. Jeremy Visser from Brooks, Georgia. You can contact us with your questions and comments at CovenantPeople'sMinistry.com or simply write to Covenant People's Ministry, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia, 30205. Our phone number is 404-906-9009. We would like to hear from you and we pray in the name of Jesus Christ that His will will continue to reign upon us all. Once again, welcome to the Covenant People's Ministry and here's Pastor Visser with our next Bible study.
1: Hello again, dear friends. This is Pastor Visser from Brooks, Georgia and the Covenant People's Church taking a break. ...from looking at the reality of angels. Indeed, many of you may be worried, and a few of you have contacted this ministry saying, Pastor Visser, where's the other four segments for the Morning Star series? But rest assured, they will be forthcoming. As I announced on the last broadcast, I stated that we were exactly halfway through that particular study. And as such, I like to take a little sabbatical between them. But have no fear, dear friends, this morning... We're going to be looking deeper at the Gospel of St. John chapter 10, at least portions of it, because I want to drive home certain points. You've heard me preach on this concept that Jesus' sheep hear His voice and they will follow. And the part that Jesus adds to that is the part that I place most emphasis on, is that the voice of a stranger, His sheep, will not follow. Yahshua's sheep cannot be fooled. They know truth when it manifests itself, but many people out there can be deceived. For example, many people can be deceived into thinking baptism's not important because the false prophet will come along and he'll say, well, baptism doesn't mean really what it means. Or they can say, you know what? The study of angels is not important because they themselves are flesh men. They cannot bring their flesh under subjection. And so as a result, Ignorant men, time and time again, will oftentimes attack those things that they do not understand. Hear me, dear friends. The way of the ignorant is to attack those things they do not understand. And as such, this is why we should not be so quick to do as such. Now, granted, there are numerous dogmas and doctrines that have entered into Christian identity that seemingly have no debate When a false prophet pops his head up and says, hey, you know what, we should rape and geld, well, you should already know right out the gate that that particular person is a false prophet, not one of Yahshua Messiah's sheep. When a false prophet pops up and says, you know what, the devil's not literal, Jesus Christ was tempted of a man making him not God, then we also know that that particular person is a false prophet, but... We should not forget that the way of a false prophet, the way of the devil in the very beginning and during his temptations of Jesus Christ is to come along and speak mostly truth. It is that little bit of lie that he slips in that will mislead and or deceive you. So this morning I want to take a look at John chapter 10. That's St. John's Gospel chapter 10. And we're going to look at the fact that Jesus Christ himself is the good shepherd. The good shepherd, not a good shepherd. That if we consider ourselves to be a sheep whom Jesus Christ had come only for, the quote-unquote lost sheep of the house of Israel, then we must be able to recognize our shepherd. And, most definitely, not only recognizing the word of God when it is spoken and or read, but being able to mark and identify false prophets who come along and aren't his sheep. They're not their sheep oftentimes because they themselves want to be a shepherd. They'll say things like, well, my flock this. My sheep hear my voice as if they are in competition with Yahshua Messiah. So, St. John In chapter 10, verse 1, begins like this, Verily, verily, Christ speaking, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door unto the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. Now, Jesus Christ is telling you, dear listener, right here in the year 2013, just as He did 2,000 years ago, that any man who does not have the fortitude, the testicles enough to walk in that sheepfold through the very front door, the same as a thief and a robber. And we're going to look deeper at this term, what is a thief and a robber, this morning. But Jesus Christ is saying, He that enters not, by the door into the sheepfold, but climbs up some other way, he is a thief and a robber. Now, we can look at it this way. If Jesus' sheep hear his voice and follow, then it stands to reason when any other shepherd comes along and puts out their own false dogmas, we do not listen. Why? Because it can do just this. rob A thief and a robber is what a false prophet is. And a false prophet can enter into the sheepfold by various means, but they will enter that sheepfold. And what they will do is interject their own dogma. Another way of looking at this would be anybody who comes along and teaches what the apostles, what Christ, what the Bible does not confirm nor substantiate, they also are a thief and a robber. Why? Because they entered not by the main door. They didn't go the way Jesus Christ said. They climbed up another way. They did it their own way. They brought another dogma. And my, how Christian identity has their fair share of these. We have people on one side who want to come in and say, you know what, anybody of any race can be saved. You know, Yahweh loves Israel, but he also loves all these other people. That's not true. And we also have other people who take it to the extreme and say, you know, Yahweh wants us to come along and kill every single non-white there is out there. That's not written either. But the truth, oftentimes, dear friends, between two parties is found somewhere in the middle. And the middle is where we must reside, because biased men, time and time again, have the ability to push their agenda, whatever it is. If it's polygamy, if it's eating pork, if it's murder, they'll find some way to justify it. Within the word of God. And these are the same exact people that enter not in by the door of the sheepfold. But they climb up some other way. They have another path. They have another God. But Yahshua continues in St. John chapter 10 verse 2. He that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Now Christ is telling you right here. They walk in through the front door. They have no shame. They're not worried about what people might say about them. Well, that most oftentimes is the shepherd. And to a lesser degree, what he's saying here is that he is the good shepherd. He walks into the main door. He doesn't come in and try to say, you know what, all these other dogmas are wrong. Swift is wrong. Compare is wrong, etc., what He does do is He'll come in and He will testify, give a valuable second witness to those things that are already transcribed. In Yeshua's case, it would be the Old Testament. And in our case, it would be the whole of Scripture. That's how you can differentiate a true prophet or shepherd from a false prophet. Continuing on, verse 3. To Him, who? That shepherd of the sheep. To Him the porter opens, and the sheep hear His voice. And he calleth out his sheep by name, and leadeth them out. Leadeth them out of what? The sheepfold. This was Jesus Christ in a nutshell. And while many people love saying, well, Jesus was a Jew because he taught in the temple of Jerusalem. Jesus believed in organized religion because after all, he would go into churches. They oftentimes neglect this important aspect. And that is that Jesus Christ went into these particular buildings to bring people out. And here in the parable of the good shepherd, Jesus Christ is explaining how he goes into the sheepfold. His own people hear him, recognize him, and Jesus Christ in return is able to lead them out. That's a majority, not all of them. And that ties perfectly into many other things that Joshua Messiah taught. For example, those on his left, those on his right. The sheep on his right were faithful. They recognized their master's voice. They were able to follow him. They were able, more importantly, to obey him. But those goats on the left hand of Jesus Christ, they were not his sheep. Why? Well, obviously they were goats but they also didn't recognize their own shepherd. And that is true for a goat versus a sheep. Sheep can be loyal like dogs, but oftentimes goats are like cats. They've never truly been domesticated. They will run to and fro. They will do what they want to do. Also, what we should notice as the faithful Zadok in St. John's Gospel, chapter 10, verse 3, is that he can call his sheep by their name. He knows each and every one of them simply not a mystery and it's not magic. Jesus Christ is the creator and as such is able to know every single hair upon your head. He knows who you are. Now listen to me, brothers and sisters. If Yahshua Messiah knows each and every one of his sheep's names, knows who they are, then you have nothing to worry about, irregardless of where you are. You could be in a hole in the ground, buried in a trunk, With very little air, believe me, Jesus Christ knows you're there. You can be locked up in prison somewhere, even for a crime you did not commit. But understand that Jesus Christ can hear you. He knows who you are. He knows where you are. Why? Because He is the Good Shepherd. He knows each and every one of His sheep, just like you do. If you have any children, you know who your children are, even so much so that if you were not to see them for 10, 20 years and they came back into your life, entered back into your home, you would be able to recognize exactly who that particular person is. Why? Because you're their father, just as Jesus Christ is our father. He is the good shepherd and only him will the porter open the door for. Continuing on, verse 4. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Numerous points that should be pointed out about verse 4, dear friends. Jesus' sheep know his voice. They recognize it. Jesus Christ says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. A polite way of putting this is Jesus' true sheep and or people recognize truth when it is spoken whether it comes from the mouth of the Savior or it comes from the mouth of one of His pastors that is teaching it to you. This word is truth, John seventeen seventeen. You can be sanctified through this or you can be condemned by this word, dear friends, because the word is a double-edged sword. It cuts both ways. Another fact that should be pointed out about verse 4 is when He puts forth His own sheep, He goes before them. Jesus Christ is a leader. Just as George Washington was a leader and or a general in the military, what does that say for people like Bill Clinton, Barack Obama, who hide behind bulletproof glass, who've never served a day in the military, and if they did, they were pencil pushers? They can't lead for nothing. But Jesus Christ is a leader, and what should be pointed out is Jesus Christ led most oftentimes by examples. It didn't really matter how many times he came along and hit people over the head with the Septuagint, proverbially. It didn't matter how many times he debated the scribes and the Pharisees and beat them. If he wasn't living a proper, perfect example, I assure you, dear friends, a majority of people would not have followed Christ even then. The same analogy holds true for his pastors. Many people out there profess to know Jesus Christ, including a dirge barrage of Judeo-Christians, all of whom say, you know what, I'm Christian, I believe the Bible, but yet their life is no different than the heathens out there. They engage in murder, they worship sports, they do all manner of perversions. Yet another point that should be brought forth about verse 4 is, he goes before them and the sheep follow him. Not only do they know his voice, but the sheep will follow. Who do you follow, dear friends? Do you follow the clear-cut teaching and commandments of Scripture, or do you follow some man who's so retarded, he justifies it away by saying, well, Satan doesn't mean what it means. Angel doesn't mean what it means. Hell, leave it to these false prophet bastard tares. They'll tell you Jesus Christ wasn't really who he was. And I've even heard that. And rest assured, dear friends, we are going to be covering a segment in the near future about Jesus versus Balaam. And why is that important? Well... The Talmud teaches that Jesus Christ is Balaam in certain points. But stay tuned for that, dear friends. It will be extremely important. Jesus Christ continues in verse 5. Pay close attention. St. John chapter 10 verse 5. A stranger will they who? The sheep. Not follow. Stopping right there. Jesus Christ says, an ethnos, a nocre. A non-Israelite person, which is what the word stranger means, foreign to a lesser degree. A foreigner will they not follow, but will flee from him. Why do you think he uses this analogy or this term? Because it says in scripture, if we resist the devil, he will flee from us. Not only that, it says that the devil is a thief and a robber, which is what we began this study on. So, bear with me, dear friends. This will be tied up nice and tidy in a nutshell before we conclude. But what I want to point out is this. They will flee, Jesus' flock, from the voice of a stranger. They will not follow a stranger. The reason I put so much importance on this is because the false prophet within Christian identity oftentimes has the unfortunate characteristic of wearing their faithlessness on their sleeve. If you and I, dear friends, believe what Jesus Christ says in all four of his gospels, and they're all the same, my sheep hear my voice, they will follow, they will not follow the voice of a stranger, then we will not be misled. And more importantly, we will not be found going around to and fro saying, hey, don't listen to this pastor. Don't listen to this guy. Why? Because we won't worry. We understand that Jesus Christ taught this. His sheep will follow. Period. Bottom line. They recognize His voice. They recognize truth. They're not fooled by Judeo-Christianity. They're not fooled by the no-devils who want to come along and say, you know what, the spiritual realm is not literal. And as a result of not being fooled, well, there you go. What I want to point out is that when Jesus says this, we can go ahead and take it on face value and say, you know what, the Judeo-Christians are not a sheep. At least at face value. Why? They don't recognize His voice. Judeo-Christians believe in the dogmas of men more than what's written. They believe in concepts like all you got to do is believe, which is untrue. All you got to do is open your heart to Jesus, which is untrue. And even worse, they believe Jesus Christ is a Jew, which certainly is not true. So remember this point. They will flee from the voice of a stranger. They will not listen to Him. Why? Continuing in verse 5, For they know not the voice of strangers, dear friends. They don't know strangers. They don't recognize strangers. They truly are vagabonds, wanderers within this world. Children of Israel, the chosen. And perhaps you are one such person. Perhaps oftentimes when you're watching a comedy show on television or listening to it in the radio or on a vinyl LP, you do not understand the comedy, quote-unquote, because it doesn't make sense to you. It's more perversion than it is funny. Well, that could be because you don't recognize the voice of a stranger. We've covered it time and time again, and we've covered it most assuredly from John chapter 8. For example, John chapter 8, verse 43. Jesus Christ asked the Jews, Why do you not understand my speech? Because you cannot hear my word. You are of your father the devil. The lusts of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth. Pay close attention. Why? Because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of or to his own. Why? For he is a liar. And the father of it. Because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. Who? Those Jews. Because Jesus Christ spoke the truth in John chapter 8 to those Jews. And more specifically, to the masses, not those Jews in general. They did not recognize His voice. What does that say? They were not His sheep. Now, most assuredly, many of these Jews were going along saying, Hey, don't listen to Jesus Christ. Well, he casts out demons with the power of Beelzebub. Don't listen to him. He's not a Pharisee. He's not a Sadducee. He's a renegade. He's a rebel. He's a criminal even. The Pharisees accused him of. They said he picked corn on the Sabbath and tried to crucify him years before he even was. But the point that should be brought forth is that Jesus' non-sheep, those goats that do not recognize His voice, should not be hearkened unto, because they will violate the law of God, the Word of God, to one degree or another. That's one thing the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and all the apostate of the New Testament all had in common. They would deny one aspect of Jesus' teaching, or they would deny one miracle of His teaching. They could not accept the whole truth. Why? Because only the sheep, only Yahshua Messiah's genuine children, who are people, will recognize that. And not only that, they can rest assured within the truth. They know, hey, this word, this is the truth. Not something that Sadducee Downey says. Not something that some false prophet, Samuelson Jew Terror comes into the camp and says, hey, this is what we need to do. What is plainly written. Continuing on Saint John chapter ten verse six, this parable, the one we just covered, the parable of the good shepherd, spake Yeshua unto them, his disciples, but they understood not which things they were which he spake. Now The disciples, many times, even as Jesus Christ was with them, did not understand the things that Jesus Christ spoke. Why? Because he spoke in parables. And why did he speak in parables? For that exact purpose. He straightforwardly said so. In fact, it was an Isaiah prophecy. That he would have to speak in parables so that the masses could not believe that only his sheep could hear his voice and follow. Whether it was spoken in a parable form, or it was straight out explained by Jesus Christ himself. For example, Jesus Christ came along and gave a parable of the tares and the wheat. He said within that parable, when he explained it to his own disciples and the word of God, that the field is the world, the children of God are the wheat, but the children of Satan are those tares. Now leave it to the false prophet and the Judeo-Christian to come along and say, well, that doesn't mean literal sons of God. (laughs) Yeah, it does. The word seed means sperm. Friends, and I hate to be crude, but that's reality. That's exactly what's being said there. If Jesus Christ says this is how the sons of God and the sons of Satan are manifest, you would do well to listen, to hearken, to believe them. Because there are two seeds down here on earth. And Christian identity, more than any other faith-based system, will spend a lot of time on this aspect. Why? Because there truly are children of the devil. There truly is a devil. And if you don't believe that there is a devil and or Satan and his children, then you're already deceived. And more specifically, you can be deceived. Why? You deceived yourself, fool! You came along and you said, you know what? There's no devil. And the devil's sitting there patting you on the back saying, good job. That's exactly what I want you to believe. Why? So he can work within your life. He can work through you. Just like he did Peter. Just like he did Judas. And I'm sure, wow, the devil was within those two people. Causing them to offend, to deny, to betray. They also probably said, well, the devil isn't really what he is. So, word to the wise is sufficient, dear kinsfolk. Stay tuned and bear with me. Verse 7. Then Jesus said unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. Away, Stopping right there. Jesus Christ just said, I am the good shepherd. I am the shepherd. The porter opens the door for me. Now he says he's the door as well. So not only is Jesus Christ the Father, but he is also the way. So far we've covered two aspects. Way, truth, life. The way is the door or a path. That leads you to what? Truth. Truth is God. Jesus Christ says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. He is the living word. The word is considered to be the truth of God. But what do those two things lead to? The door and the shepherd. Eternal life. That is, if you will obey. If you will follow. And not only that, follow Jesus Yahshua out. Out of the sheepfold. Out of Judeo-Christianity and more specifically out of the world.
0: Thank you for listening to the Covenant People's Ministry. If you have enjoyed hearing the message of the Gospel and would like to be a part of our fellowship or receive monthly newsletters where you can order Pastor Visitor's CD sermons, be sure to write to us at CPM, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia 30205. You can also visit us on the web at covenantpeoplesministry.com where our extensive audio section features numerous broadcasts. You can easily listen to Pastor Visser by Godcast through your mobile audio device. Our phone number is 404 906 9009. Remember that Jesus Christ is our all and is in all that have been renewed in His Holy Spirit. So we hope that you will allow Him to lead your life and help to build His church so that when He returns, He will find faith upon this earth. We urge you to be a living example of Christian faith and apply his words to your lives. It's been a pleasure to have you with us, and now we will return to Pastor Visser's Bible study message.
1: We've got to live in this world, dear friends, but we do not have to become partakers of it. Meaning, we do not have to support it. Yes, we must live within this world, but just because the world comes along and says, you know what, it's okay for sodomites to get married, does not mean that you have to say, okay. Why do I place importance here? Because that's exactly what the Judeo-Christians do. The Judeo-Christians say, well, we have a Negro president. We better adapt our philosophy to the world instead of our world to the philosophy and the Word of God. The Judeo-Christians will come along and say, you know what, they're legalizing quote-unquote gay marriage in certain states. Therefore, Jesus Christ must love fags, right? It's not written. Jesus Christ was God and in his own law said they should be put to death. But what they do is they follow every wind of doctrine, quote unquote, as per the Apostle Peter. It doesn't matter what they say. It doesn't matter if it's no devil belief. It doesn't matter if it's universalism saying all races can be saved. There will be some fools who are not Jesus' sheep who will be deceived. That's why this is so important. I am the door of the sheep. He is the way, dear friends. Verse 8 of John chapter 10. I am the door, Jesus continues, by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Whoa. Not only that, they're able to go in and out at will. Exactly what Satan does, is it not? When Satan makes his grand appearance in the very first chapter of Job, Yahshua, Messiah, or Yahweh, asks them, Where have you been? What have you been doing? He says, I've been walking to and fro upon the face of the earth. That right there is the war that every single atheist and agnostic strives for. They say, I don't want to believe in Christianity because, after all, it's chains, it's shackles, it's going to deny me of some great thing out there, like sleeping with a menstruous woman, killing dishonoring mother and father, serving other gods, whatever it is, it's something that the evil man will say, I'm missing out on. This is why the scripture says to not desire nor be envious of the wicked. If any man enters into the door, who is what again? Jesus Christ. If you enter into Jesus Christ, our perfect Sabbath, if you enter into His body, becoming part of that many-membered body of Christ, the church, for lack of a better term, then you'll be saved, saved from your transgression, saved from your iniquity, saved from the very law that he himself gave. Not only will you be saved, you'll be able to go in and out. Those people who fancy themselves free like Satan and his children and the unbelieving heathens are slaves. They do not go. To and fro. They create their own prison, dear friends. And they reside within it. Whether it's dogma. Whether it's ignorance. Whether it's political correctness. They do create their own prison. And they're not able to go to and fro. They're not able to truly be free. What I'm getting at is Jesus Christ says, You shall know the truth. And the truth shall set you free. Dear friends, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Again, Jesus Christ is that truth. He is that word. But continuing on in verse 8, All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. The sheep, not all sheep, Jesus' sheep. They didn't hear the thieves and the robbers. They didn't hear the Pharisees. And to a lesser degree, they probably didn't even hear a lot of the minor prophets of old. Because they did testify of Yahshua Messiah, and the masses at the time didn't even understand it. It was for the remnant then. For example, consider Malachi chapter 2, beginning in verse 5. My covenant was with him of life and peace, and I gave them to him for the fear wherewith he feared me and was afraid before my name. The law of truth was found in his mouth and iniquity was not found in his lips. He walked with me in peace and equity and did not turn many away from iniquity. For the priest's lips should keep knowledge and they should seek the law at his mouth. For he is the messenger of Yahweh of hosts. There's that term, hosts. Yahweh of the armies of angels. And rest assured, dear friends, we will be getting back into our study on angels. In fact, I'm quite amazed and very pleased that it's been so popular Maybe perhaps not so on YouTube as much as it is on other venues like TalkShoe, Archive.org, and through the main website, CovenantPeoplesMinistry.org. But nonetheless, it is important. And what that tells me as a pastor is that many people are not being taught about angels at all, much less the minor prophets. But there truly are two aspects, right, wrong, black, white, truth, fiction. You can be one or the other, but there is no gray area. Jesus Christ taught time and time again, God or mammon, not God and mammon. You can't serve 20% mammon and 80% God. It does not work that way. It's all or nothing with Yahweh, dear friends. So not only does verse 9 of St. John's Gospel, chapter 10, prove that Jesus Christ is the door, and only by Him can anyone enter in and be saved from their own transgressions of the law. But continuing on in verse 10, pay close attention, the thief comes not, But for to steal, to kill, and destroy. Stopping right there. What does the thief do? What does the devil do? Well, he comes to steal. Steal the truth that is sown within your heart. That's one such analogy. Steal physical things. Take it at face value. They come to your house to rip you off. Which is why Jesus Christ taught self-defense. But they also come to kill. Not only can they kill you physically, but they can kill you spiritually, dear friends. They can take away the keys of David these days, and the way they can do it is by appealing to your intellect. They'll come along and they'll say, hey, you don't want to follow uh, the simplicity that's in Christ. For example, they'll say, well, the Bible says the Sabbath is the seventh day. That must be Sunday the first, right? Whatever it is, it's designed to sow discord. They'll come along and they'll say, well, Yahweh in the Old Testament said you shouldn't eat pork, but that was thwarted by man. He invented a refrigerator. We're so much more illuminated now. We're so much more smarter than our own creator. Hell, we can sin and get by. We can eat this slop and it won't affect us, but it doesn't work that way. Just because man thinks it doesn't make it reality. So the thief doesn't come for any other reason as per the mouth of Yahshua Messiah in John chapter 10. But to steal, kill, and destroy. What does Yahshua Messiah come for? What does Jesus Christ come for? And to do and to achieve? Continuing on in verse 10. I am, and stopping right there, there's the sacred name of God, but that's a side study. He says, I am come that they might have life. And that they might have it more abundantly. Dear friends, that's the final key. Jesus Christ said, I am the way. That is the door to the sheepfold, dear friends. I am the truth. That is the word that makes him the shepherd. And here, Jesus Christ says, I am come that they may have life. That is the final element. And I am the life, Jesus Christ said. So what we see here, overlaid in St. John chapter 10, is a confirmation and a triple witness to the reality of Jesus' statement. I am the way, I am the truth. I am the life. It's overlaid here, all three elements. He says, I am come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. That's why Jesus' sheep can not only enter in, at will into the sheepfold and or the house and kingdom of God. They're truly free. They can have it more abundantly. They're not slaves because they are servants to Jesus. And Jesus said, you will be a slave to the world or you'll be a slave to God one way or another. Even if you think you're free in your mind like Satan did, you will be bound to the ways of the world or the ways of God. This is the reason why he says, I am come that they may have life more abundantly. The only way for you to truly live, to truly know power is to know Jesus Christ. To know His blessings within your life. If you want to be married, have children, have all those things that are considered to be blessings from His Word, then the only way to have a life more abundantly is through Jesus Christ. Consider that for a moment, dear friends, and consider also that admonition I already pointed out. Don't envy the things of the wicked. Why? They're not living an abundant, fruitful, and blessed life at all. They may think they are, and they may think, hey, they're having a lot of fun. Yeah, and it's a lot of fun, isn't it? Until they catch AIDS and die, or they have an overdose, or they drive drunk and kill a little child. Yeah, it's all shits and giggles until somebody dies, until somebody loses an eye. But the only way to truly live a life and live it abundantly is in Jesus Christ. Why? Verse 11, I am the good shepherd, the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. That's exactly what Jesus Christ did. And one point that should not be overlooked from verse 11 of John chapter 10 is He didn't give His life for those goats. He didn't give His life for anybody but His sheep. This is a second witness to His teaching. I am come not but to the lost sheep of the house, meaning race of Israel. Jesus Christ instructed His own disciples, don't go the way of the Samaritans, don't go the way of the unbelieving world, but go only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Why? Because the Good Shepherd gave His life only for them, and I might add, Jesus taught that there is no greater love that any man can have than to give his life for his own people, for his neighbor, for his race. That's exactly what He did, but verse 11 says, I am the Good Shepherd, the Good Shepherd gives His life for the sheep. But he that is an hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming, and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf catcheth them who the sheep, and scatters the sheep. Yeshua Messiah in verse twelve here is explaining that the false prophet truly only cares about themselves; they only care about their own skin. And when times of hardship arise, when troubles arise, they're the first person to run. They don't care. They don't die for their sheep. They don't protect them. And as a result, when the shepherd is smitten and or taken out of the way, what happens? Well, the sheep are scattered. I've lived this, dear kinsfolk. I've seen this. When many of our own pastors mess up or they're wrongfully charged and they're taken to jail, the first thing the flock does is they scatter. Half of them go over to this person or this ministry and suddenly don't really care about that pastor that taught them so many things. It was no different for Jesus Christ. When Christ was taken by the world and hung upon a cross, there were people that did walk with him who said, you know what? Because of this persecution that's arising, I better go into hiding. I've covered it from the Gnostic text and from the New Testament alone. Why? Because many of the people were saying, round up the Christians, kill them after Jesus Christ gave up the ghost. And many of them were forced underground. But of course, the easiest thing to do for the non-believing natural man was to say, I don't believe Jesus Christ, he was a rebel rouser. I'm not going to hearken unto anything he says. Why? Because they kept their job. They kept their position. They kept their life. And it is no different today, dear friends. I want to remind you, if you honestly read this Bible, you understand that a majority of the prophets of old were murdered for their belief. They were considered criminals. They were thrown into lion's dens. And the latter apostles were thrown into prison by Herod and Pilate. Then what on earth makes you think it is any different today? Oh, but yet many of you do. And when you hear of a pastor such as myself, and you research this term, Christian identity on the internet, many of you automatically say, I'm not going to follow that. That's a criminal religion. Guess what? Christianity is a criminal religion. At least if you follow it verbatim from the Bible. The Bible that says the Jew is contrary to all men. You will be considered a hater. You will be considered a domestic terrorist, quote unquote, like Earth truly. Why? For preaching the word of God, dear friends. It's exactly what happened to Jesus Christ when he walked the face of the earth. But what should be pointed out about verse 12 of St. John chapter 10 is that those false prophets or even a hireling, somebody who's truly not the father, just a teacher, they have the tendency to see the wolf coming. And what they do is they take measures to protect their own skin, not the entire body. Why? Because it's not their body. It's Jesus' body. They want to protect what is theirs. That is, those men who are false. Why? Verse 13. The hireling fleeth. Because he is an hireling and cares not for the sheep. That's why. He's there for the money. He's there for a season. He says, I'll watch after and or tend after these sheep, but I won't die for them. Again, he's more concerned with his own skin. But not so with Jesus Christ. Why? Next verse, verse 14. Christ continues, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. Not the whole world. Jesus Christ is only known, as per verse 14 of John chapter 10, by his own sheep. Therefore, if somebody truly is not called, if somebody truly is not a child of God or a sheep of Yahshua, it does not matter how much you witness to him from the Bible. It does not matter how many times you point out John chapter 8 and how he railed against the Jews. It does not matter if you point out that all those tribes that are sealed in the book of Revelation are tribes of Israel. They're going to come along and they're going to believe what they want. Just like the hireling. Why? Because they're play actors. They're there for a season. They're there to play church, to gossip, to do whatever else, but not to live the word. Jesus Christ lived it. And as a result of living the word perfectly, verbatim, the law, was crucified by the world and the world's leaders. And therefore, the world's leaders today still persecute, still crucify, and oftentimes murder the true prophets. So do not make that mistake. Why? Verse 15, As the Father knoweth me, Yahshua speaking, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. That is something, dear friends, again, the hireling, the false prophet, the seasonal Christian will not do. Why? They don't care. They care about themselves. They care about playing church. They care about what color Aunt Betty's dress is on Sunday morning. But they simply do not care that Jesus Christ says the word is meant to be followed. Why? The word is Jesus Christ. If you don't follow the Bible on face value as it is over anything else in this world, you're not following Jesus, friend. You can come along and justify it all you want and say Easter means Passover. We know that. We know that. No one's saying to go out and worship Easter. But when it says the devil is literal, when it says Sadducees deny angels, when it says that the scribes and the Pharisees are hypocrites to beware their leaven, and you say, well, it doesn't mean what it means, you're denying Jesus Christ. In essence, you are a lesser form of Antichrist. And instead of Christ, you want to do things your own way. You're a hireling is what you are, dear friends. You do not want to be a hireling. If anything, you want to be a sheep. So therefore, you have the grace of Jesus Christ. Because He laid down His life only for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He says it right here in verse 15. Yahweh knows me, and I know Yahweh, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold. Fold is the word, dear friends. Jesus Christ is not saying other sheep I have, and it's every Tom, Dick, and Harry, every Sodomite, every race, every nation. What he's saying is I have other sheep and they're not part of my inner fold. This click. There are other bodies out there, dear friends. If you deny that, then you obviously deny the teaching that Jesus Christ says, wherever two or more are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. What is the midst but the core meaning the body? Jesus Christ is there. And this is confirmed here. Other sheep I have which are not of this fold. This fold, these disciples, right round about here now, meaning I have sheep in Germany, I have sheep over in Galatia, I have sheep all around the world in Australia and other places, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. And of course we know that is at the second advent. Where the body is fitly joined together. And Yahshua Messiah for one in all times is finally the head of the body. And I'm teaching on a spiritual level here dear friends. Jesus Christ is the head of every man or should be. And as a result then they realize the head does all the thinking. The head dictates which way to go. The body merely follows the brain. So you want to be part of the body with Jesus as had, Verse 17, therefore doth my father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it up again. And he truly did take it up again. That was the miracle of Jesus Christ. That's why he resurrected. And I might add that the Old Testament confirms that only Yahweh God held the keys of life and death. And Jesus' miracle of resurrecting and sitting at the right hand of Yahweh was proof that He and He alone held the keys of life and death. It was one of His greatest miracles. Why? Because it proved He was God in flesh form. That is why the Father, Yahweh, loved Yahshua Messiah, because He laid down His life. Last verse of this particular lecture, dear friends. That is St. John, verse 18. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. Stopping right there. No man takes it of Jesus Christ, but Jesus Christ willingly laid down his life for one and all time. Why would he say that? Well, in context here, he's already covered. The thief comes not but to steal, to kill, and destroy. And that thief may have thought that they killed Jesus Christ when they hung him on a cross, when they cast lots on his garments, when they spit in his face, when they scourged him, when they did all those things. But what they did not understand was that it was the will of God. It was God's will transcribed all the way back in the Minor Prophets that Yahshua Messiah should be bruised, that he should be an atonable sacrifice for you and I, dear friends. The reason Jesus says this is because he wants you to know that the evil did not win. Evil never does win. Evil will burn itself out, even though it will exist until the second advent. It will eventually show itself, and that is another reason why we are not to be envious of the wicked. No man takes Jesus' life from him, but he lays it down of himself. Why? I have the power to lay it down, and I have the power to take it again. This commandment, or law, or will of God, for lack of a better term, have I received of my Father. This power, Jesus says. The power to raise myself up again. So that should shed more light on why it is, the scripture says, that all things were created for Jesus Christ and by Jesus Christ, created for His pleasure. That He was there in the beginning with God and He was God. That should also explain why His name means Emmanuel, God with us. And so, dear folk, Thank you to each and every one of my listeners who has sent support. It is really, not only appreciated, but really needed. It is a dark period right now in the world in general, dear friends. Your support is a shining ray of light. When we receive it, we're able to publish more books, buy more supplies, print more newsletters, and contact certain people in jail. And I wanted to take this brief little sabbatical and actually divert for a moment back into John's Gospel so you'll be able to better understand that angels are literal and Jesus Christ truly is the Word. So when we get back into the other four parts, you'll be able to understand more so why exactly I spend so much time pointing out who Jesus Christ is and His deity. Because if you understand who Jesus is, you should be better able and better equipped to mark the devil when he rears his ugly head. And so, dear friends, until next time, this is Pastor Visser once again from Covenant People's Ministry and Covenant People's Church. Accessible on the World Wide Web, the URL will be given here in less than 30 seconds. Wishing you and yours great studies. Please, dear friends, war for Christ and support the ministries that have taught you. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to this message. We hope that you have enjoyed studying with us. Remember the words that Christ has given, that wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. We hope that you will gather together with us at the online ministry's website, which is covenantpeoplesministry.com, and share your Christian testimonies or ask questions and enjoy biblical fellowship. You can also order CDs of Pastor Visser's Bible Studies, Enjoy many other Christian resources through the Church's website or write to Covenant People's Ministry, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia 30205. Our phone number is 404-906-9009. Thanks again, and may the love of Christ abide in you and yours forever and ever. Amen.